You are listening to the Akron Abide Bible Study Podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Akron Abide. Psalm number 138, and we are continuing our series on a heart of worship, worshiping God with a full heart, and actually we're going to be wrapping up our series soon on worship. We've been covering it for about six or seven weeks now, and um, we're going to be covering it this week and then next week, and then we will be wrapping up our series on worship. Uh, But man, I've had a fun time doing this series. It really has been um, a good time. And over the course of this series, we've looked at the topic of worship really in a number of different ways. Uh, We looked at the wonder that is worship for a while, right? The wonder that is worship. Worship is intimacy with the infinite. And you and I can have a personal relationship with the creator of the world, the God of the universe, and we can have an intimate personal relationship with him. And there's wonder in that, right? There's wonder in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We looked at the wonder that is worship for a couple of weeks. But then we also looked at the idea of worship and worth. Worship and worth, because worth and worship go together very well. We worship what we believe is worthy. What we value the most, that's what we worship. And we looked at that for a couple of weeks as well. And then last week and then this week, uh, we've been looking at worship in the worst of times. Worshiping God in the difficult moments of life, in the trials, in the testings that we're dealing with. Worshiping God in those moments. We looked at the life of Job last week and how Job lost everything in a matter of seconds, in a matter of moments. But what did he do? He fell down on his knees, and he worshiped. He chose to worship God. He worships in the worst of times. But this week, we're not going to look at the life of Job, but we are going to piggyback off that message, and we are going to look at the life of David. Because David was a man that worshiped in the midst of difficulty. He worshiped in the middle of trials time and time again throughout his life. You see, in times of trouble, the Lord is to be worshiped. And that's what we see in our psalm today. You see, in Psalm 138, we find the song of a man after God's own heart. A song of a man after God's own heart. A psalm of David. You see, David was a man who traveled a long journey down the road of spiritual wisdom. He understood deep truths about his relationship with God regarding worship. And David came to see that in times of trouble, the most clearly marked path to God is not the way of struggle and desperation, but it is instead the path of worship. And Psalm 138 speaks to us about worship in times of trouble. And we're going to look at that psalm today. We're going to read the first five verses, and then we'll jump on down to verse number seven. Notice what the Bible says there. The Bible says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. In the day when I cried, thou answeredest me and strengthened me with the strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing it in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. We'll jump on down to verse 7 now. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. In that psalm right there, in those six verses that we looked at, we see David worshiping God in his time of trouble. 
we see David worshiping God in a difficult situation. Now, it's believed that this psalm was written shortly after David became king over Israel. And we find out that once he became king, David faced opposition from the surrounding nations. The Jebusites, the Philistines, and the Moabites, they brought difficulties into David's life. You see, they wanted a weak leader and a divided Israel, but David was a strong leader and he united Israel. And so they didn't like King David. They forced him, uh, they brought opposition into his life and they actually tried to overthrow David's reign. They tried to bring him down. So this was a, a difficult situation that David was going through. This was a troubling time. But David handled this situation as he would any other. He went to God and worshipped. In the middle of this trial, what did he do? He stopped and he penned this psalm. He worshipped God in the middle of his trial. You see, David was a man after God's own heart, the Bible says. And because he was a man after God's own hearts, he was also a man with a heart of worship. In every situation and in every circumstance, David's first reaction was to worship. He worshiped God continuously, courageously, and confidently throughout the course of his life. David mastered this spiritual discipline of worship. But how did he do that? How did he master that, that discipline of worship? How did he worship in times of trouble? I want that, right? There, I want nothing more. When I read the Psalms and when I think about the trials that he went through and the worship that he had, I want nothing more than to be able to worship God like that, right? I, I want to be able to fall on my knees and praise God in the middle of trials, right? I want to be like David. I want to master that spiritual discipline. But what does it take? How do we accomplish that? Well, that's what we're going to be looking at here today. And I believe in Psalm 134, we are given three actions that took place in the heart of David that enabled him to worship in times of trouble. It enabled him to have this heart of worship that you and I long to have. And we're going to look at that today. I want you to notice first off David's rejoicing. Look what he says in verse number one. He says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. So David opens up his psalm by saying, I will praise you. Now think about this for a second. He's dealing with trouble. His life is being threatened and he has no idea what's going to happen next. No idea what's going to take place in the future. But he begins his prayer by praising God. He begins with worship. You see, for David, this is a time of worship in a time of trouble, and he launches it by rejoicing in God. How cool is that? How awesome is that, right? That's really awesome to be able to start your prayer with adoration and praise to God. But that's something that we kind of struggle with in times of trials. Right? I don't know about you, but when I'm going through a difficult situation, when I'm going through a difficult trial in my life, I'll go to God in prayer, and I'll just cast all my burdens onto him. And that's a good thing, right? The Bible says we're supposed to do that. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares about you. But I don't even think to worship or praise God in those moments half the time. I just unload. I say, Lord, take this from me, and then I go back and live any way I do. Right? We, we struggle with, with worshiping God, but David began his prayer by rejoicing. He began with worship to God. Now, he didn't do this because he necessarily wanted to or he felt like it, he probably wanted to cast his burdens completely. 
But it took a commitment in his life to be able to worship in those moments. You see, David was committed to worship, which enabled him to begin his prayer with worship. Look at verse 1 in the beginning of verse number 2. He says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple. So in verses 1 and 2, he said, I will praise, I will sing, I will worship. I will, I will, I will. David was determined to praise the Lord no matter what came his way. He determined in his mind and he determined in his heart that he was going to worship. You see, he had the right mindset. I will. And that's key in the Christian life, having the right mindset. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Right? The way we think determines the way that we act. If you think on the positive, you are going to be positive in a lot of ways. If you think on the negative, you are going to be negative. If you think with the heart of worship, you are going to worship. That's what David did. David determined in his mind that he was going to rejoice. And that's what we should do as well. The Bible says that time and time again. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. That's rejoicing no matter the situation, no matter the circumstance. In the good times and in the bad times. In the big trials and in the small trials. In the mountain and in the valley, we are to rejoice in the Lord always. Determined to rejoice when trials come. It takes commitment to worship. I'll never forget a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, I should say, I was kind of going through a discouraging time, uh, kind of a trial in my life. It wasn't nothing, nothing life-threatening or anything like that, but um, it was a trial nonetheless. And I remember I was really just having a, a difficult time with the situation. So I uh, called my father-in-law up, who was my pastor for a number of years, and I asked him for advice about the situation. And I just said, you know, Jesse, um, man, I don't know how to handle this situation. Do you have any advice? I I'm going through this difficult time. And he said, Michael, what I really think you need to do is you just need to get along with God, and you need to worship and praise the Lord. He said, in that moment, don't even ask for anything. Don't even ask God. Just worship and praise God. And don't leave until you get a hold of that peace of God in your life. And I remember that was the last thing I wanted to do. I had burdens all around me. I was stressed out. I was dealing with some anxiety. And I did not want to worship and praise the Lord in that moment. But I remember I reluctantly did so. I actually came to the church here, and I just, I just started worshiping. I just started praising the Lord. I started pacing the church and just putting my hand up in the air, listening to some worship music praising God, and it took a little while, but when I left this church that day, man, I left with the peace of God in my life. You want to know what I was doing in that moment? I was saying, I will, I will, I will. David was committed to worship. He was determined to worship God no matter what came his way, but we also find out that David was committed to God's word. Look at verse number two. Look what he says in verse two. He says, I will worship toward thy holy temple. And praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. He said, I will praise you for your loving kindness. Now let me ask you, how does David know that God is a God of loving kindness? How, how does David know that? Did David say, well, I'd like to think of God as a God that's loving? 
I just feel that God is a, a God that's loving and kind. I just feel like that's the case. I just feel like my God would be like that. That's not what he did at all. No, look what he says there. He says, I will praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. We see the words loving kindness, truth, and word. You see, what David was doing was submitting to what the scriptures had said about God. He was rejoicing and worshiping in line with the truth of God's word. It wasn't something that he was making up. He wasn't going off a of feeling. He was going off of the facts of the word of God, right? In times of trouble, the best thing that you can do is go to the scriptures, right? The Bible says for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirits and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the hearts. Man, the word of God can convict you. The word of God can lift you up. The word of God can help you in those difficult times. And you want to know what the Bible says about the word of God? The Bible says that God is a loving God. God is a kind God. God is a merciful, gracious, almighty, sovereign, omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient being. The Bible says that we are on God's side, man. If you put your trust in Jesus Christ, all of that is found right here. I tell this to, to people a lot, but there are over 7,000 promises with your name on it in the Bible. Over 7,000 promises. We need to search out the promises of God. I can't tell you how many times I've been going through a difficult time in my life, and God will bring a verse to me in a, an awful moment, and then it just lifts me up. Right? I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God and to those that are the called according to his purpose, right? Those are all promises that we can cling to in times of difficulty and in times of trouble. That's what David did. He praised him for his loving kindness, for his truth, and for his word. You see, if you are committed to worship and if you are committed to the word of God, we can rejoice no matter what comes our way. That's what David did. That was the action of his heart. He rejoiced. But secondly, the second action that occurred was he reflected. We see David's reflection as well. David goes on to reflect on the truth and the goodness of God. And this was a personal reflection that occurred in his heart. Look at verse number three. The Bible says, In the day when I cried, thou answered me, and strengthened me with strength in my soul. You see the personal verse there? I and my. What's he doing here? He's looking back on times where God came through in his life before. Right? He's saying, the day when I cried, you answered me. You strengthened me. You brought me through that situation. Right? This is when David first became king. He's being faced with opposition. But if you study the life of David, he had already gone through many different trials before he got to this point. He was on the run from King Saul from a long, for a long time. Right? King Saul was trying to kill him. King Saul was trying to murder him. We can read psalms that he penned during that difficult time. What was David doing? He's looking back on the times that God brought him through before. And he's saying, because you brought me through in this situation, I know you're going to bring me through in this situation. I will praise thee. I will sing. I will rejoice in Almighty God. That's what he's doing there. A personal reflection. You see, in times of trouble, in times of difficulty, try to remember times in your life where God brought you through a difficult time. He brought you through a difficult situation. Let me ask you, has God ever failed you? Has God ever failed you in your life? No, we failed God. 
We failed God all the time, but man, he's never failed us. Right? He can work all things together for good, and he's going to bring us through. And man, he wants to bring us through with joy and peace and love. Right? Personal reflection. He's thinking on what occurred before to strengthen him in this difficult time. But we also see a prophetic reflection. All right? So David goes from looking at his problem to then looking forward to the future. And we see a prophetic statement from David in verses 4 and 5. Look what he goes on to say. He says, All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, when they hear the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing in the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. He says, All of the kings of the earth shall praise thee. Now, we know David isn't referring to his present situation here because this is the exact opposite of what's going on. Right? The Jebusites, the Philistines, and the Moabites are all out to get David. They're all against God. And so this wasn't a situation that was occurring in his lifetime, but he was trying to find comfort in the future. Comfort in a greater day when the kings actually are worshiping and praising the Lord. He's looking forward to the future where kings will worship God. And did you know that's exactly what the Bible says? There's going to come a day where every king, every ruler, every leader will praise and worship God. Right? That's what the Bible says time and time again. One of my favorite verses is Philippians chapter 2 and verses 10 and 11. The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, all of the kings of the earth will acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ. Every knee shall bow. That will be the scenario. right? Every king, president, premier, and prime minister across the expanse of the globe will bow before King Jesus and give him the glory. And not just the rulers of the nation, but everyone. Every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How cool is that? Man, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty amazing. You can say, Michael, that's great. That's really cool. But how does this apply to my situation right now? How does this apply to worshiping in times of trouble? Well, what did David do? He's looking forward to the day when all of this division, all of these issues, all of these trials are over. He's looking forward to the future. Right? There's going to come a die where time where our suffering is done. Those trials, those difficulties in our life is over. Uh, there will be unity and peace for all. Right? There's going to come a time where that happens. Revelation 21 and verse 4, the Bible says, And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. You're going through a difficult time. Look forward to the future. Look forward to the fact that we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Man, we are on the winning side. And we have everlasting life. He's going to wipe away all our tears, man. We can look forward to that day. That's what David was doing. We see his reflection. We see his rejoicing. But then, number three, we see his revival. We see David's revival in verse 7. The Bible said, Though I walk in the midst of trouble... Thou wilt revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of my enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. He says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive me. You will revive me. It's interesting. If you look at that word revive used there in the Hebrew, it means to breathe new life. 
to preserve, to feed the soul and spirits in order to be strong enough to keep on, to keep on going. He breathes new life into you. You see, in verse 7, David is expect, expecting victory. He's expecting victory. He's expecting this new life in him when trials and troubles come his way. He expected revival in his life in verse 7. You see, as David considered the greatness of God and his loving kindness, it gave him confidence that God would revive him in his present trouble. It gave him confidence that God is going to bring him through. It says in verse 7, though I walk in the midst of trouble. In the midst, that means right in the middle. Right at the heart of your troubles. It was Dr. Scott Pauley that said, God is a master at stepping into the midst of things. He's a master at stepping into the middle of things. He'll step into the middle of your troubles, the midst of your trials, the midst of your tribulations, the, the, the depression that you're dealing with, the discouragements, the, the despair, the pain, the suffering. He is a master at coming in in those moments and walking with you in the middle of that trial. Right? That's what God does in our life. Right? That's what the Bible says. Look at verse 7 again. The Bible says, Though I walk through the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. We see the word though, and we see the word thou. Let me tell you something. When it comes to God, thou is always greater than though. It's always greater than though. That's what we see in the scriptures. Psalm 23, the Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Though is always greater than thou. I'm here to tell you today that whatever you're dealing with this morning, God is greater. Whatever enemy you're battling, God is greater. Whatever circumstance you're under, God is greater. Whatever trouble your family has, God is greater. And whatever grief you're carrying, God is greater. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. David expected revival in his life. He knew it was going to happen. It was a fact to him, right? He knew it was going to happen. He expected to be revived. He expected to be preserved. But we also find out David experienced revival in his heart. You see, throughout the course of this psalm, David is going through a process all right, a process in order to experience spiritual revival and spiritual renewal. You just go through the psalm, that's what we see. In verses 1 and 2, he rejoiced in the Lord, right? He rejoiced and praised God, and he committed to worshiping God. That's the first process, he rejoiced. But then in verses 3 through 6, he reflected on the Lord, right? A personal reflection. He's thinking about all the times that God came through in his life, a scriptural Reflection. He's looking at the word of God to comfort him, right? So he's rejoicing. He's reflecting. And then in verse 7, he expected revival from the Lord. All right? So he went from rejoicing to reflection to expectation to revival, right? There's a process there. He experienced revival in his life because he goes from adoration to realization to expectation. And now in verse 7, rejuvenation. Right? Revival in his life. He's able to experience new life. He's able to experience that joy in his life, that confidence, that peace in Almighty God. 
But do you want to know what David really is doing in Psalm 138? The process at hand, what, what this all is? He was falling back in love with God. That's what he was doing. He was fixing his heart on God, rejoicing, reflection, revival. All of those things is getting his heart fixed back on God, focusing on God, falling back in love with God. That's what he was doing. And that's what revival is. That's what true revival is. Dr. Vance Havner said it this way. He said, revival is falling in love with Jesus all over again. That's what revival is. Let me tell you, are you going through a trial? Are you going through a difficult time, a difficult situation? Do you feel like you can't go on anymore? One of the best things that you can do is worship and praise God and fall back in love with Jesus again. Because Jesus has your best interests at heart. I can assure you of that. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. If we focus on him, we can have that peace in our life. The Bible says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. God has a perfect, wonderful, joyful, peaceful plan for your life. He has that plan for you. But to really get our mind focused on that, to truly grasp that, it takes falling back in love with Jesus. I don't know about you, but there's been some times in my life where I've been mad, madly in love with Jesus. So much so. But then I start going to work, hanging out with my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, and, and just dealing with all the things around me, and, and I just start to lose that love for Jesus. Right? We can fall into that very easily. But if we just fall back in love with Jesus, if we rejoice, if we reflect, we can experience that revival in our life. 